Home of the Man God, Book 2, number 153. Jesus speaks to his disciples of women's apostolate. What is the matter with you, Peter? You look discontented, asked Jesus, who was walking along a country path under almond trees in blossom, which announced to men that the worst season is over. I am thinking, Master. You are thinking, I know, but you do not seem to be thinking of happy things. As you know everything about us, you already know my thoughts. Yes, I do. Also, God the Father knows the needs of men, but he wants in man the intimacy that discloses his needs and asks for help. I can tell you that you are wrong in being vexed. So, my wife is not less dear to you? Of course not, Peter. Why should she be? There are many dwelling places of my Father in heaven, and many are the tasks of men on the earth, and they are all blessed, provided they are fulfilled in a holy manner. Could I possibly say that all the women who do not imitate the Marys and Susanna are disliked by God? Certainly not. Also, my wife believes in the Master, but she does not follow the example of the other women, says Bartholomew. Neither does my wife nor my daughters. They are staying at home, but they are always ready to give us hospitality, as they did yesterday, says Philip. I think my mother will do the same. She cannot leave everything. She is all by herself, says Judas Iscariot. It is true. I was sad because I thought mine was so, so little. Oh, I cannot explain. Do not criticize her, Peter. She is an honest woman, says Jesus. She is very shy. Her mother had them all under her thumb, both her daughter and her daughters-in-law, says Andrew. But she should have changed in all the years she has been with me, says Peter. Oh, brother, you are not all that sweet-tempered yourself, says Andrew. If a person is shy, you are like a spoke in his wheel. My sister-in-law is very good, and the best proof is that she has always tolerated with patience her mother and her bad temper, and you and your overbearance. They all laugh at Andrew's outspoken conclusion and at Peter's astonished face when he hears of his overbearance. In addition, Jesus laughs heartily. Then he says, The faithful women who do not like leaving their homes to follow me are equally useful to me by staying at home. If they all wanted to come with me, I would have to ask some of them to remain. Now that some women are going to join us, I will also have to see to them. It would be neither decent nor wise for the women to be without a dwelling place while they move about. We can rest anyway. A woman has different necessities from men and needs a shelter. We can all sleep in one place, but they could not stay with us, both because of the respect due to them and because of their more delicate constitution. We must never tempt providence and nature beyond their limits. Now, of every friendly house where there is one of your women, I will make a shelter for their sisters. I will do that with your house, Peter, with yours, Philip, and with yours, Bartholomew, and with yours, Judas. We cannot expect our women to travel around incessantly as we do. Instead, we shall have them waiting for us at the meeting place, from which we shall move in the morning and go back in the evening. We shall give them instructions for the hours of rest, and the world will no longer be able to grumble if other unhappy women come to me. Neither shall I be prevented from listening to them. The mothers and wives that follow us will defend their sisters and me against the slander of the world. You can see that I am making a quick trip to greet my friends, or where I know that I will have friends. I am not doing that for myself. I am doing that for the weaker disciples who, by means of their weakness, 
will support our strength and make it helpful to many more creatures. You said that we are going to Caesarea now. Who is there? Creatures seeking the true God are to be found everywhere. Springtime is already announced by the pinkish-white almond blossoms. The cold days are over. In a few days' time I will decide upon the places where we shall stop and shelter the women disciples, and we shall start moving around again to spread the word of God, without worrying about our sisters, without any fear of slander, and both their patience and their kindness will be a lesson to you. The hour of rehabilitation of women is almost here. There will be a great flowering of holy virgins, wives and mothers in my church. And the visionaries. Poem of the Man God, Book 2, number 154. Jesus at Caesarea on sea speaks to the galley slaves. Jesus is in the center of a beautiful wide square from which very wide road leaves off one which is almost an extension of the square as far as the seaside. A galley must have left the harbor only recently, and it is taking to the open sea driven by the wind and by the oarsmen. Another one is maneuvering to enter the harbor because its sails are being furled, and the oars are worked on one side only to veer round into a suitable position. The harbor cannot be seen from the square, but it must be nearby. On the sides of the square there are rows of large houses the typical walls of which have almost no openings. There are no shops. Where are we going now? You wanted to come here instead of going to the eastern side, and this is the heathen district. Who do you think will listen to you here, says Peter reproachfully. Let us go over there, to that corner towards the seaside. I will speak there. You will be speaking to the waves. Also the waves were created by God. They go. They are now just at the corner, and they can see the harbor into which the galley they saw before is now slowly entering, and is moored at its place. Some sailors are idling along the quays. Some fruit sellers chance going towards the Roman boat to sell their goods, nothing else. Jesus, leaning with his back against the wall, really seems to be speaking to the waves of the sea. The apostles, not very happy with the situation, are all around him, some standing, some sitting on stones scattered here and there to be used as benches. Foolish is the man who, seeing that he is powerful, healthy, and happy, says, What do I need? Whom do I need? Nobody. I need nothing. I am self-sufficient. Therefore God's decrees and moral laws mean nothing to me. My only law is to do what I can without considering whether it is good or bad for other people, says Jesus. A vendor turns around on hearing the sonorous voice and comes near Jesus, who continues, that is how a man and a woman without wisdom and faith speak. But if that proves a more or less great power, it also evidences a relationship with evil. Some men come off the galley and other boats and come towards Jesus. A man, not by words of mouth, but by deeds, proves that he is related to God and to virtue when he considers that life is more changeable than the waves of the sea, which one moment are calm and soon after stormy. Likewise, the power and wealth of today may turn into misery and incapacity tomorrow. Then what will a man do if he is bereft of union with God? How many on the galley were one day happy and mighty, and are now slaves and considered criminals, criminals, therefore twice slaves, of the human law, which is derided in vain because it exists and punishes its transgressors, and of Satan, who forever takes possession of criminals, who do not repent and hate their crimes." Hail, master, you are here? Do you know me? 
May God come to you, Publius Quintilianus. See, I have come. And you are here in the Roman district. I was not hoping to see you again, but I am very happy to hear you. And I am happy too. Are there many men chained to the oars on that galley? Yes, quite a huge number. Mostly war prisoners. Are you interested in them? I would like to approach that boat. Come, get away from here, he orders a few people who had come near and who draw back at once, mumbling rude remarks. You may leave them. I am accustomed to being pressed by crowds. I can take you so far, not any farther. It is a military galley. It is enough. May God reward you. Jesus resumes speaking while the Roman, in his splendid uniform, seems to be mounting guard beside him. Slaves by misfortune, that is, slaves only once, slaves for a lifetime, but every tear that falls on their chains, every blow that strikes them writing pain on their flesh, files their handcuffs, adorns what does not die, opens to them the peace of God, who is the friend of his poor unhappy children, and who will give them as much joy as the pain they suffered here. Some men of the crew look out from the bulwarks of the galley and listen. None of the galley slaves are there, of course, but Jesus' powerful voice certainly reaches them through the row-lock sockets, and it spreads through the quiet air at low tide. Publius Quintilianus is called by a soldier and goes away. I want to tell these unhappy men who are loved by God to be resigned to their misfortune, and to turn their pains into flames that will soon unfasten the chains of the galley and of their lives, ending in a desire for God. Having endured the poor day which is our life, a dark, stormy, fearful, painful day, they thus enter the day of God, a bright, serene, fearless, and joyful day. You will enter the great peace, the infinite freedom of paradise, O martyrs of a painful destiny, provided you are good in your suffering and you aspire to God. Publius Quintilianus comes back with the other soldiers, and he is followed by a litter carried by slaves, and the soldiers make room for it. Who is God? Jesus continues. I am speaking to Gentiles who do not know who God is. I am speaking to the children of the peoples subdued who do not know who God is. In your forests, O Gowls, Iberians, Thracians, Germans, Celts, you have a sham God, a soul is naturally inclined to worship because it remembers heaven. But you cannot find the true God who put a soul into your bodies, a soul equal to the soul we people of Israel have, equal to the soul of the mighty Romans who have subdued you, a soul that has the same duties and the same rights to good and to which the good one, that is, the true God, will be faithful. Be equally faithful to good. The god or gods that you have worshipped so far, learning his or their names on your mother's knees, the god of whom you no longer think because you do not feel any comfort coming from him to relieve your suffering, the god that perhaps you hate and curse in your daily despair, is not the true god. The true god is love and piety. Were perhaps your gods like that? No, they were not. They were as hard and cruel, false hypocrites, vicious thieves, and now they have abandoned you without the least comfort which is the hope of being loved and the assurance of a rest after so much suffering. It is so because your gods do not exist. But God, the true God, who is love and piety, and who, I can assure you, exists, is he who made the sky, the seas, the mountains, the forests, the plants, 
the flowers, the animals, and man. He is the one who inspires conquerors to treat the poor people of the world with mercy and love, as he is mercy and love. O mighty masters, consider that you all come from the same origin. Do not act cruelly against those who by misfortune have come under your power, and be human also to those whom a crime has tied to the bench of a galley. Man sins many times. No man is without sins which are more or less secret. If you considered that, you would be really good to your brothers, who, not so lucky as you are, have been punished for crimes which you also have committed without, however, being punished for them. Human justice is such a doubtful thing in judging that it would be dreadful if divine justice were like it. There are guilty people who do not, do not appear so, whereas innocent people are considered guilty. Let us not ask why. It would be too grave an accusation against unjust men who hate their fellow men. There are people who are really guilty but have been led to perpetuate a crime by overbearing circumstances that somewhat extenuate their crime. Be therefore human, you who are in charge of galleys. Above human justice there is a much higher divine justice, the justice of the true God, who created kings and slaves, rocks and grains of sand. He watches you, both you on the oars and you who are in charge of the crew. Woe betide you if you are cruel without any reason. I, Jesus Christ, the Messiah of the true God, can assure you, at your death he will tie you to an eternal galley and will entrust the demons with a blood-stained lash and you will be tortured and struck exactly as you did. Because if, according to human law, a criminal is to be punished, you must not overstep all limits. Remember that. A man who is powerful today may be miserable tomorrow. God only is eternal. I would like to change your hearts, and above all I would like to untie your fetters, give you back your freedom, and send you back to your fatherlands. But, my dear galley slaves, you are my brothers. You cannot see my face, but you, your sorely wounded hearts are well known to me. Instead of the freedom and fatherlands which I cannot give you now, while you are the poor slaves of mighty men, I will give you a greater freedom and fatherland. For your sake I have become a prisoner myself, far from my fatherland. I will redeem you by offering myself in ransom, because you are not the disgrace of the world, as men call you, but the shame of man who forgets the limits of the rigors of war and justice. I will make a new law for you on the earth and a pleasant abode for you in heaven. Remember my name, O children of God, who are weeping. It is the name of a friend. Repeat it in your suffering. Be sure that if you love me, you will have me, even if we never see one another on the earth. I am Jesus Christ, the Savior, your friend. I comfort you in the name of the true God. May peace come to you soon. A crowd of people, mainly Romans, have gathered round Jesus whose new ideas have astonished everybody. By Jove, you have made me ponder on new things of which I had never thought before. I feel they are true. Publius Quintilianus looks at Jesus, pensive and moved at the same time. It is so, my friend. If man used his brains, he would never go so far as to commit a crime. By Jove! By Jove! Wonderful words! I must remember them. You said, if man used his brains, he would never go so far as to commit a crime. It is true. You really are a great man, you know. Every man who wanted could be as great as I am, if we were if he were all one with God. 
The Roman continues his sequence of by Jove's in increasing admiration. Then Jesus says to him, Can I give some solace to those galley slaves? I have some money, some fruit, some comfort, that they may know that I love them. Give me it. I can do that. On the other hand, there is a lady over there who can do much more. I will ask her. Publius goes to the litter and speaks through the curtains that have been slightly drawn. He comes back. I am authorized to do it. I will see to the distribution so that the jailers may not take advantage of it, and it will be the only time a soldier of the empire deals mercifully with war slaves. The first, but not the only time. The day will come when there will be no slaves, and even before that my disciples will go among galley men and slaves and call them brothers. A further sequence of by Jove's can be heard in the calm air while Publius is waiting to have enough wine and fruit for the galley slaves. Before going on board the galley, he whispers near Jesus' ear, Claudia Procola is in there. She would like to hear you again. In the meantime, she wants to ask you something. Go and see her. Jesus goes towards the litter. Hail, Master. The curtain is drawn a little, showing a beautiful woman about thirty years old. May the desire for wisdom come upon you. You said that a soul remembers heaven. Therefore, that thing which you say we may have within us is, is it eternal? Yes, it is eternal. That is why it remembers God. It remembers the God who created it. What is the soul? The soul is the true nobility of man. You are famous because you belong to the cloudy family. A man is even more so because he belongs to God. In your veins there is the blood of the cloudy, the mighty family which, however, had a beginning and will come to an end. In man, because of his soul, there is the blood of God, because a soul is the spiritual blood, as God is a most pure spirit, of the creator of man, of the eternal, almighty, holy God. Because of the soul which is in him and which is alive as long as it is united to God, man is eternal, powerful, and holy. I am a pagan, so I have no soul. You do have it, but it has fallen into a state of lethargy. Wake it up to the truth and to life. Goodbye, Master. May justice conquer you. Goodbye. As you have seen, here also I had people listening to me, says Jesus to the disciples. Yes, but with the exception of the Romans, who will have understood you? They are barbarians. Who? All of them? Peace is with them, and they will remember me more than many others in Israel. Let us go to the house where they are offering us hospitality for our meal. Master, that woman is the same one who spoke to me on the day that you cured the sick man. I saw her, and I recognized her, says John. You can see, therefore, that even here there was someone waiting for us, but you do not seem to be very happy about it. I will have accomplished a great deal when I succeed in persuading you that I have come not only for the Jews but for all the peoples, and I have prepared you for, all, for them all. And I tell you, remember everything of your master. There is no event, however trifling it may seem, that may not be a lesson for you one day during your apostolate. No one replies, and a sad smile of pity appears on Jesus' lips. This morning he had such a smile for me. I was in a state of such deep depression that I began to weep over so many things, the tiredness of writing and writing, with the firm belief that so much bounty of God and work of little John are utterly useless, not being the least. And weeping, I invoked my master, 
and when out of kindness he came exclusively for me, I told him what worried me. He shrugged his shoulders as if he wished to say, forget about it, the world and its nonsense. And then he caressed me, saying, so what? Would you not like to help me any more? Does the world not want to know my words? Well, let us repeat them to each other, for my joy in mentioning them to a faithful heart, for yours in hearing them. The weariness of the apostolate, more depressing than any other work, it deprives the serenest day of its light and the sweetest food of its sweetness. Everything becomes ashes and dirt, nausea and bitterness. But, my dear soul, these are the hours in which we take upon ourselves the weariness, the doubts, the misery of the worldly people who die because they do not possess what we have. And they are the hours in which we do more. I told you also last year, to what advantage? Wonders the soul submerged by what submerges the world, that is, by the waves sent by Satan, and the world drowns. But the soul nailed to the cross with its God does not drown. It is in darkness for a moment and sinks under the nauseating wave of spiritual tiredness. Then it emerges fresher and more beautiful. Your expression, I am no longer good for anything, is the consequence of such tiredness. You would never be good for anything, but I am always I, and thus you will always be good for your task of mouthpiece. Of course, if I saw that my gift were hidden avariciously like a heavy, most valuable gem, or it were used imprudently or out of indolence, it were not protected by means of the safety precautions commanded by human wickedness in such cases, to guard the gift and the person through whom the gift is granted, I would say, enough of that. And this time, without any possible recurrence, enough for everybody, with the exception of my little soul, which today looks just like a little flower in a downpour. And with such caresses, can you doubt my love for you? Cheer up. You helped me in wartime. Help me again now. There is so much to be done. And I calmed down under the caress of the long hand and of the very kind smile of my Jesus, so candid as when he is all for me. And the vision ends.